Okay, here we are, Baruch Hashem, Sunday morning. Eric and Nina Mayer, Women's Learning Division of Adash Yashurin. Um, this is Sunday morning, Parshas of and we, Bez Hashem Yisborach, are going to be discussing some fairly uh, important issues here this morning. Okay, so uh, right now I see we have Mrs. Goldman, we have Mrs. Olovich. Who is number 96? 23 is who? It's Mrs. Bachar. Good morning. Thank you, everyone. 92 is Mrs. Schreiber. Is that correct? Yes, thank you. Good morning. Okay, and I don't know who 95 is or 90. Oh, okay. Thank you. Fine. Fine. Beautiful. Okay. Mrs. Schreiber, you were in show yesterday? Okay. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, my phone wasn't on. Um, I had a bar mitzvah, a different fill. Good. Not a problem. I had I had three bar mitzvahs in different shows, Baruch Hashem. Okay, wonderful. Here we go. Um, I would like to begin with Siata de Shemaya, with the mention of Siata de Shemaya in place of Kodesh Baruch Hu, about something I found in the parsha that I never noticed before. And then I'd like to continue off of the two Shilas that I'd like to begin to with. Okay, if you have a Chumash in front of you, we're in Bracious, Yud Gimel, Yud Gimel. I'm out of town this morning. The location is a little different. Bracious, Yud Gimel, Yud Gimel. The Tarek Yadosha is talking about Lights move to Sedoim. And it says, V'anshei Sedoim royim b'chatoim l'ashem o'id. Anshei Sedoim royim and chatoim l'ashem o'id. What does that mean? Anshei Sedoim royim b'chatoim l'ashem o'id. What does that mean, o'id? Now, um, if those of you who have a chumbish in front of you, the truck, for these words are the Anshe Sedoim, the Anshe Sedoim, Royim Vichatoim. The word Vichatoim is in a, under the word Vichatoim is an Esnachta. Esnachta is a colon or a semicolon. So the Pasik is read, every every single Pasik in the Torah has an Asnachta. An Asnachta is a, um, is one parenthesis on its side with a, um, Little stick coming out of its middle. Almost every single Pasik. So again, the Pasik is read. And there are two more words. is a safe Pasik, which is a period. So the question is how do you understand the punctuation of the Pasik? Yeah, people of Sedoim are bad and sinners to Hashem a lot. The punctuation should be Vianche Sedoim Esnachta, colon. The Aram Bachatom Hashem Oid. How does the Posik, what is the Kavod of the Posik, to leave the last two words, so to speak, independent? Vianche Sedoim Ram Bachatom, Hashem Oid, to Hashem very much. 
doesn't read correctly. And Baruch Hashem, one of the Gedolim will talk about such things as Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky Zatzal, and he really asked the question as well. So what does it mean, La Shem Mo'id? That's one question. And the second question is, two psukim before that, it says, Lot chose, it's called Kikar Yadim, Lot Mikedem. Lot went Mikedem from the east. And Rashi quotes a Medrash. And the Mephorshim uh, say that what's bothering the Medrash is, it should have said simply in the Pesach, Vayisa Lot me Avram, Lot traveled from Avram. Why did it say Vayisa Lot Mikedem? Says the Medrash, he traveled away What does Kadmoina mean? From the predecessor of the world. From the word early. Kedem early. Omar Efshi. It is impossible for me to continue my existence. Not with Avram, not with his God. So I've spoken about this Rashi many times. That Light was a person who said, I don't want to have any more, anything more to do with Avram and not with his God. And I realized this Shabbos for the first time, it should have said, Veloi Belokim, I don't want anything to do with God. Belokov seems to indicate I don't want anything to do with Avram's God. But I do want to have something to do with God. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean? I want to have something to do with God. But not what Avram's got. Everybody hear the two questions? If you have any questions about Baisai, please um, please ask away. Welcoming Mrs. Kaplan to the ship. Now, um, Light was also a somewhat confusing personality to understand. Light was Moisa Nefesh for the Mitzvah Achdasazorchim, as we'll have in the upcoming parsha. Light was also a person who ate matzah on Pesach. So, what does it mean? I don't want to have anything to do with Avram, I don't want to do with his God. What, what, what does it mean? Loib Avram, Loib Elokov. What does it mean? That's the question here, Rabbi Say. Now, I'd like to say something. I remember the first time I ever spoke, I think it was one, one of the first times that I ever spoke publicly. I was, um, I believe I was a senior in high school, I think. And the yeshiva asked me to go to a shul in Long Beach I don't know how, who made the arrangements or what happened, but uh, to go to Rosh Hashanah and speak, and speak before Yisko as a fundraiser for the, for the yeshiva. Now here I am, a little kid, messed to speak, and, I, and this, the following scene takes place. I don't remember it was immediately before I spoke, when I spoke, after I spoke, I don't remember. But Yisko was going to take place around the time I was speaking. I was speaking before Yisko, I believe, as a fundraiser. The door opens to the shul, and you can see out to the street. And there in the street is a police car 
a policeman comes out in full uniform with his gun and walks into the shul to say Yisker. I don't know how many of you ever remember the fact that shuls at one time, this I never saw, I only heard of, that shuls used to be packed for Yisker. People would come who otherwise never came. Some shuls, I was told by older Rabbanim, told me that they had special minyanim, double the size, on your kipper, for Yisker on your kipper, etc. I myself remember being asked questions by people and even by family members that unfortunately no longer kept Shabbos and barely kept Kashas. And um, I want to welcome Mrs. Korenberg. And barely kept, barely kept Kashas. And they, uh, they would call up for Shilas about when you light the yard site candle. Okay, it's a great thing. They're emotionally attached to their parents. But not keep kashras, barely, barely keep kashras, and not keep Shabbos, and be concerned about a yardside candle. What, what is that all about? What is that all about? I'd like to answer the question by mentioning a medrash. The Rashiva Zecha Tzadik Devracha, during his lifetime, Two svarim came out called Yege Chochma, which were his svarim and Mayadim. Two volumes. Recently, a new volume came out for um, Chumash. Chumash. And um, in Lech Lecha, there's a shmuz there for the Rashiva. That's all that I, I, I never heard, even though I heard him, his shmuz in for four years, and I have them written down, I never heard the shoes. And in the shoes, the Rashiva quotes a medrash. And the medrash is in Parshas, I'll read to you, it's a, it's a bracious rabbah. Hold on one second, please. I'll, get a, I'll go to get the medrash. Here's the Medrash. Please listen. The, the Medrash is, is so shocking. It's most shocking. Kol mei of Yeshem Shono, all 120 years. Hoyenoyach notea arozen mekotzitzam. We all know this. Noyach planted cedar. He cut them down. And he was building the table. Ukishamal of Nebairoi. The Bnei Doira, when he spoke to the people of the generation, he asked him what he's doing. He said, We're all familiar with that story. But listen to what the Medrash then says. They said to him, If he will bring a Mabal, okay. You, Noyach, claim, HaKadosh Baruch told you that there's going to come a Mabal. If there's going to come a Mabal, it's going to come on Mitzushelach. Kihu ish tzadik, because he's a tzadik. And he deserves a Mabal. Hear what's going on here? Kivan Shemais Mitzushelach. Once Mitzushelach died, Omrulai, so then they told him, Shlayavar Mabal El Al Beis Noyach. The Mabal will only come to Noyach. 
what I'm learning this medrash, preparing for Shabbos, preparing for Shir, preparing to talk, and I'm telling you the truth, I do not know what's, what, I, I, I can't understand the medrash. I read it once, I read it twice, I don't know what it's talking about. They tell him if there's going to be a marble, it's going to come, but it's going to come because of Mishra Selaf, the tzaddik. The, the marble was delayed seven days, as Rashi brings down, as a result of Mishra Selaf's tzidkis. And now you're telling me that because of Mishra Selaf, that's why the marble's going to come, or because of Neach. So there's a pirish on the Medrash, which is not found in all of the printings of the Midrash, it's only in some. A pirish, Zev Wolf, that pirish is called the Marzu. He says an unbelievable thing. Mamish, unbelievable. And I would like to suggest the Marzu's shot by telling you something about American history, recent American history that you and I all know about. There was a time in America where people got married. And if people didn't get married, they did not talk about what they did. Then there was a movement. The movement was called, I don't even like to say the word, especially in a sheer, L-I-V-I-N-G, together. And marriage lost its popularity. What was the taina? The taina was, uh, don't tell me or I have to live my life. I don't want to be bound by marriage. As a result of that, and as a result of many other things, what happened? People became pregnant. They didn't want to be pregnant. They weren't married. And a new movement arose. How dare you tell me what a woman can do with her body? How dare you dictate to me how I live my life? This is my body and not anyone else's. Is everybody with me? Yes. Okay. Okay. So the abortion movement arose. Pro-choice. They gave it a very nice name, pro-choice. And that fight is still going on. But it's basically a lost battle, whatever, 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 whatever is going to happen. How many abortions have taken place? It's a Rachmanis Mamsha. It's a Shrek. It's a Shrek. Mamsha Shrek. And the time is, don't tell me what to do. Then another movement arose. Don't tell me who I should marry. I can marry anybody who I feel is appropriate for me to marry. Whether I am a man and I marry a man, I'm a woman and I marry a woman. How dare you tell me? Not only how dare you tell me, but God 
sanctifies what I'm doing. For those people who act that way and believe in God. And I want to tell you three quick stories. One story was a Shiloh this week. It's, it's unbelievable. Somebody in Shul asked me a Shiloh. What's their Shiloh? The Shiloh is that they, they work. They started their working career, they're at a, you know, a, a first level entry job. And um, one of the people at work says, uh, you know, I'm getting married this Saturday, meaning yesterday. I'm getting married. And I know you're Jewish, they've had discussions or whatever. And I checked, and sunset is about 6 o'clock. So based on what you've told me, by 7 o'clock or 7.15, you should be able to drive. So my wedding is called for 5. I'd like you to come to the second half of my wedding. And then he says, tangentially, quote-unquote, I'm marrying a man. So the person called me up to ask me if you'd like to go to the wedding. I told him, no, can't go to the wedding. Can't go to the wedding. You can go to a non-Jewish wedding if it's a, you know, not, not uh, if it's not a religious affair in, in, in a sanctuary of a, of, a, of a different religion. But to go to a wedding where a man is marrying a man, so this is the rice of non-Jews as well. Non-Jews are chayav misa for doing such a thing. She said, you can't go. She said, so what should I tell them? So I, I was not, I don't want you to think I was playing around, but I was just, you know, exploring. I said, why don't you tell them that your rabbi said no? You asked your rabbi, and your rabbi said, you can't go. He said to me, are you kidding? I can't say that, I'll get killed. So, listen to the world here, rabbi said. I'm telling you what it says in the Torah. I'm telling you what it says in the Gemara, that there's no heter for anybody to marry someone of the same gender. And you're telling me that I'm the Taliban. I became the Taliban. And some people will claim that God is happy with what I'm doing. God agrees with my lifestyle. Second story. This story happened, I don't know when, but I was told about the story just yesterday as a result of what I said. What's the story? A man is in a meeting with a man and a woman. The woman used to be religious, and Rahman al she's no longer religious. I'm assuming she was still dressed properly and maybe, um, you know, whatever, her dress went down to her elbows. And she, um, for the first time, she revealed, by having a dress that only went down to the elbows, she revealed to the people who she was meeting with, from, and she came from a from upbringing, she showed that she's wearing a tattoo. And she said, that she believes that our bodies were given to us by God as a canvas to write on them, to draw on them, to paint on them, 
via tattooing to express ourselves about who we are and how we feel, etc. God, you hear that? God gave us a body as a canvas. Even though it says explicitly in the Torah that tattooing is awesome for a Jew. It's not also for a Goy, but for a Jew. You hear what's happening here? Third story. When I was in Lakewood, I used to seek out the people in Lakewood. I got to Lakewood in 1974. When I got to Lakewood, I used to seek out the people who had learned by Rabarn Zetzel. Rabarn had died 12 years earlier in 1962. And there were very few people in the yeshiva who had learned by Rabarn. But there were some, and I tried to have a relationship with them. One of the person, one of the people, was a was a very quiet person. He said, you know, he was one of the people who sat in the corner and learned. No fame. Incredible. And he, his name was Rabdovid Lenchitz. He was the brother of my sixth grade rabbi. He was also a tzaddik. Anyways, this Rabdovid Lenchitz learned with a gear who was called Dr. Denny. I don't remember him. I don't know if it happened in my time. It happened after I left. He learned with this Dr. Denny for many years. Dr. Denny was a person who had a degree, a postgraduate degree from Harvard. He became a gear. Dr. Denny chose the name at his conversion of Yisrael, which is hardly unusual. Most gerim men are called Avram, and women are called Sarah. And he chose the name Yisrael. Asked why, he said because he feels um, a relationship with Yisrael. What does that mean? Because, unbelievable, Yisrael, the name Yisrael was given to Yaakov Avinu after fighting off the culture of Esau. He said, I fought off my culture. Very difficult for me to become a gear. So I identify to the name Yisrael because it kind of stands for what I did in my lifetime. Givaldik. Givaldik. There's a person who recognizes what he's doing going against the culture. I want to tell you parenthetically that this Rav David Lifshitz, a tzaddik, was the beneficiary of two insurance policies that Dr. Denny had taken out in recognition and thanks over the, all the years he spent learning with him. When, when Rav David Lenschitz, a tzaddik, discovered this after Dr. Denny died, he didn't want to take the money. He said, I learned with Dr. Denny as a mitzvah. I don't want to take away from my mitzvah. Here, here, musik. Okay, so where should the money go? He said, Dr. Denny had a daughter prior to converting. She's his daughter. Let her get the money. You hear what's going on here? So they contacted the daughter. And the daughter was blown away. There are such human beings left in this world. This is enough community between being a, a person who barely paid their bills to being a person who could live comfortably. He refused the money. He gave her the money. She was so astounded that she took the money and gave it to Lakewood and dedicated one of the buildings, part of one of the buildings in Lakewood's campus to her father. A But that's the Medrash of Isaiah. And that's what we're living through. And that means 
that I have a lifestyle and fakert. This is what God wants. And you who are crimping my lifestyle, who have this myopic view of the world, and are hurting me from expressing myself the way I would like to express it, you're the Taliban. You're the reason for the model. You're going to get destroyed by the model. Not me, you. The Roshiva ends his shoes by saying, There's nothing new in the world. The way the Medrash describes the Dora Mabel is exactly the way you could describe the, the door that we are living in. And I want to say something else. I'm just checking in with everybody. Any questions? Everybody's with me? Okay. Somebody say yes to me or no or something? <laughs> yes. Good. Thank you very much. In last week's Daf Yoimi, Klai Yishol finished Masechah's Be'ah. The last mission of Masechah's Be'ah says, A person is a lot of shecht animals on Shabbos, but only domesticated animals. Animals which are wild, non-domesticated, don't live on the farm at home, are considered muksa, and you cannot shecht them. So the Mishnah says, you're not allowed to give an animal to drink and then shecht it on Yontif if it's one of these non-domesticated animals. So he asks the question, what are you talking about drinking? Drinking is okay. So he says, no, milsa agarucha, he wants to tell us an incidental fact. What's the incidental fact? That drinking, giving an animal water to drink before you shecht it will make it easier to skin the animal. What does that mean? You be able to get the skin off in one piece. That will be more valuable than cutting it off in pieces. It sticks to the meat. It's harder to get off. So all of you are familiar with the fact that there's not an extra word in the Torah. And not to the same exact level, but very comparable. There's not an extra word in the Gemara either. Not in the Mishnah, it's not in the Gemara. So what, is it, what does it mean? He wants to tell me about, the, about when you shecht an animal that, uh, that uh, uh, you should know that you should water it so that the hide should come off. What does it mean? So I think there's an incredible lesson here. The lesson is that Chazal is showing us how important it is for a Jew to make Parnassah. Parnassah is important, and I want to show you what I mean by that. Those of you who are to be in Shul, or those of you who are to be in any Shul, I'm sure it was the same, but in the last year, during the Elah, and during the Avinu Malkinus and the Elah, the, 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 the walls are, uh, are, are screaming along with us. The, the level of intensity is incredible. Baruch Hashem. One of the, again, one of the high points of Nila, of Vinu, Malkinu, Chosmeinu. No longer Chosmeinu, Chosmeinu. Vinu, Malkinu, Chosmeinu. What does it say? Chosmeinu, Besefer Chaim Toivim, Besefer Zechuyos, Besefer Slicho Mechila. Lofty levels of Ruchnius. Lofty levels of of being connected to Hashem. Right smack in the middle of all of that, it says, Avinu Malkeinu, 
Chosmenu b'sefer parnosa v'chalkolo. Give us parnosa. One could look and say, what in the world is that? Parnosa is important. It's in the middle of Avinu Malkeinu, in the middle of the Oren being opened, at the end of Nila, after the entire Elul and, and, and Slichus and Rosh Hashanah, and Rosh Hashanah, and Shabbat Shuvah, and Erev Kippur, and the whole Yom Kippur, the last thing, Avinu Malkeinu, Chosmenu, b'sefer parnosa v'chalkolo. I saw Mary Dikamaisa. Baron Kotler had a, a bala boss who was extremely dedicated to the name of Julius Klugman. This person, whenever he left the continent to go for business, whenever he left the country, he would call Baron Kotler and ask him for a shus. And for a bracha, I'm going. So he calls Baron Kotler and says, I'm going to Europe, to England. Baron Kotler says to him, you're going to be in London? He says, yes. He says, I have a shlichus for you to talk to a certain dying in London and tell him something. And then he adds, ah, so now that you've got to go for this shlichus, now you'll be a shlich mitzvah. Ten minutes later, secretary comes into this Mr. Klugman in his office and says, somebody's on the phone named Cutler. Cutler. He had a customer named Cutler. He assumed it must be the customer. He said, I don't want to speak to the customer right now. So the secretary said to him, I, I don't think it's a customer. It sounds like a, like a, like a, a more prominent person. So, so he said, okay. All of a sudden, Rebaran Kotler is on the phone. So he tells Julius Klugman, he says, I made a mistake. What's the mistake? I told you that if you do this shlichus of me and go to London, then you'll be a shlich mitzvah. It's not true. Parnasa is a mitzvah. Parnasa is a mitzvah. Parnasa is a mitzvah. Why am I telling you this story? What does it have to do with anything? What's the shot in the Mishnah? The first thing I want to say is like this. People who deviate from the Torah and say this is what God means are wrong. And now they say this is what God means. They say that you, me, us, we're the Taliban, and we're the reasons for the Mabu. But I want you to know something, everybody say. That sometimes people can be wearing a Bekisha and a Strymel and a Gartel and a beard and payas and everything else, and they're just as wrong. They're just as wrong. What am I talking about? I'm talking about people who claim that it's a mitzvah to hug Arafat. There's no such mitzvah. People who claim the state of Israel is so horrific that it's muta to hug Arafat. I'm not talking about the state of Israel right now. And there's machlekes, as we all know, all kinds of different opinions. But there is no opinion in halacha by anybody who considers themselves a person of halachic value who says that you're allowed to hug Arafat. The Satma Rebbe, Zatzah, who was the father of the Shita, not the father, but he was the leader of the Turi character, did not hold you could hug Arafat, It's very difficult to deal with people who claim that they know what God says. It's very difficult. Very difficult. And this goes across the board. Now, 
sometimes we can make a claim that that person doesn't know what he's talking about. That may not be so passionate. For that, you may have to come on to an Odom God, or not you may, you have to come on to an Odom God to find out exactly what God does hold in this situation. Very difficult. Very difficult. I'm going to say something now that is controversial. We've learned together for many, many years a Rosh Hashiva, a very big Rosh Hashiva, was in Shul last week, a very Chashavetamachoch. And he told me something that made him quite upset. That he heard from a person who's a Rosh Hashiva that any one of his Talmidim who go to work are a failure. This Rosh Hashiva is a tremendous Talmachoch, he's a Kanoi, and he was so upset. How dare you say that a person who goes to work is a failure? Learning Torah is Gavaldik and Talmud Torah is Kinnigit Kulam and Torah is Yikr and Adashishur, as we all know. But somebody who goes to work is a failure. Very easy to say over what you think God says. Somebody told me yesterday a very interesting chap. Kovata itam l'tayra. You should, that's the Lashon of Chazal. That's the question we're going to be asked. Kovata itam l'tayra. Did you set aside times to learn Torah? It does not say kovata tayra l'itim. Kovata tayra l'itim means that you covey the Torah for your times. Did you decide that this is what the Torah means or this is what the Kodesh Baruch Hu means? Like everything we just said today in Shia. So I like to say to everybody, you, all of you, who are listening in, we live in times where people claim that they know what God says and they know what God wants. We know the ramifications of all of these opinions and all of these situations. We should all be Zeichar to find out what God wants from the people who are ready to say so. So we should not make the mistake that the Medrash says that they made it in the Dora Mab. I want God. I don't want Avram's God. I want a relationship with God, but I'll decide what God wants. And that's the Pshat and the Posik. And then there was another Chet that they said what Hashem is. And perhaps that's the Pshat and the Posik. As we started off this year today. Yud Gimel. Yud Gimel. They were bad people. But to Hashem was another problem that they claimed is what Hashem said. Okay, I'm thanking all of you because when I'm in your presence, I feel uplifted by the Kedusha that you and everybody else in Yeshua brings to the brings to the table. We should all be to continue to learn together. 
and as I said many times, we continue to live together in the show, Bez Hashem. And um, Zoom has been very nice, but hopefully one day we'll all be back together. Hatzlacha Rabbit, everybody, please have a wonderful week, Rabbi Sai Kol Tov, and thank you all for calling in. Thank you.